this everyone's personal development show, Keep Breath Free, welcome. Role model is someone you look up to, not because of his age, nor his capability, nor any innate talent, nor any achievement he already had, but the actions he's taking on a daily basis. Is he a man who practices what he preaches? Does he actually want his talk? Dr. Julian Hobbs is younger than me, but way much more successful than I am. He's an Amazon bestseller author by opening up his entire life, coming up with 25 stories in terms of personal development and nicely packaged them into a book. Part of the reason why I learned programming at the first place is I always think it is an artisan skill like creative writing. In 2014, after graduating from the general exam called the bootcamp, I met Dr. Julian Pauls for the first time because he is a successful writer. We have a coffee chat. He looks me into my eyes and said, I'm looking for someone who can work with me to develop a tech company with the essential technical skills. I answered him, I don't think I can do it for the time being. I, I was thinking to myself, are you expecting someone who just graduated from Golden Bootcamp can build a tech company with you? I thought he's crazy, but I liked it. He triggered personal power within me to catch up with his exceptionally high standard. My career transition in technology began. After that particular conversation, I've been working my ass off to upskill myself to reach the highest level of excellence. From digital marketer to programmer to product manager, I'm now the product manager for my own tech company. Along the same timeline, as the top 10 worldwide kite surfer and professional medical doctor in his hometown, Austria, he went all in. He came all the way to Hong Kong, burning the boats by foregoing everything in Austria. He sold his car in Europe, bought only a one-way flight to Hong Kong, packed up his old apartment in Austria, and even signed the papers to be officially a long resident in Austria. There's no turning back for him. In the first couple of months in Hong Kong, not being able to speak a word to Chinese, it was a constant struggle. Everyone told him he would never be able to succeed. He felt like quitting and going back to Austria. So here comes the untold story. He reinvented himself into a blockchain expert. He's written three books about the topics of cryptocurrency and blockchain. And today, he's the CEO and co-founder of a successful fintech based in Singapore, KD5. That's the power of having a role model. The role model does only one thing, to become a better person of himself and encourage you to do the same with a simplification. Want to 10 times your potential or even 100 times your potential? Let me introduce you to my role model, Dr. Julian Hobbs. So uh, thanks for being on the show, uh, Ju uh, Dr. Julian. Uh, yeah, I... Uh, I will kick off this session with a little quote that you have written in your in one of your uh, Amazon bestseller book, 25 stories I will tell my younger self. How your seemingly small and unimportant decision have a huge and often unexpected impact on your life. Uh, yeah. So why did you come to Hong Kong in 2012? What was your life before that? I was um, a medical doctor just before that. I, uh, yeah, I was a professional kite surfer before that. Um, I had a, a really exciting uh, time as a teenager traveling the world. I was one of the best kite surfers in the world. Um, my mother was always very f 
focused on me getting a good education. And uh, I studied uh, in the US during my high school time. And I also had a host family there. And uh, my host father there, his name was George. Uh, he uh, also wanted his kids and I was one of his kids to get a good education. And so I studied medicine and uh, yeah, became a medical doctor. I worked uh, just for about a year. And then in 2012, I came to Hong Kong. Uh, I really wanted to kind of uh, get a lot of experience in entrepreneurship and business. And um, I felt Hong Kong with its uh, proximity to China was a really good place for me to start. And uh, yeah, in those two and a half years, I, I, I tried many different business models in Hong Kong. I learned super a lot. I, yeah, for me, Hong Kong reflecting now over those two and a half years, I was there from 2012 till 2014. It was a very educational time for me. It was a very mm -hmm. difficult time because there was a lot of effort and a lot of work and the harvesting came later. Um, but uh, it, it, it kind of laid the foundation to, uh, well, actually laid the foundation to the business success I had later on. Can you, can you talk, sorry to interrupt, can you talk a little bit about how to, how did you burn the boat to set yourself up for success? Because it is so intense and stressful for other people, but that's, uh, that's something that you did. Can you talk a little bit about that? How did you do that and why? So. Yeah, so I uh, quit working as a medical doctor and uh, then I moved to, to to Hong Kong. My parents were not really happy with that decision. They would have loved, they would have preferred me obviously working as a doctor and not just leaving. Mm. Um, going to a new place, there's always a lot of uncertainties, right? Uh, mm. you, you don't know how to make money. You don't know that many people. There's so many things how you can kind of uh, take the wrong turn. And many times, if you make it easy for yourself, you kind of turn around and say, you know what, um, working in the hospital is so much easier, whatever it is for you, right? The, what, whatever is the comfort zone for you, right? For me, obviously, as a doctor, you're in a comfort zone. Um, mm. You studied this for six years, you, you know everything. It's a very reputable job. So it, it's, it's, a, it's a very strong comfort zone. And so if you go into a new place and you try to start a business and you try to start something new, it's so difficult to really push it through and, and actually make it work. And uh, I had some help. I had a good friend in Hong Kong, uh, Jerome. He's a, he's a banker and he helped me out in the first couple of months. But for me, the main thing was that I sold my car. I, I, I back in Austria, I uh, deregistered my apartment. I actually deregistered myself. So I didn't even have an actual place to stay there anymore. And I was even not even registered there in Austria. So for me, it was like, I cut the line, I cut the cord, I burned the boats. And to me, that was so important because there were so many times, especially the beginning, beginning the first months where I was in Hong Kong and people didn't speak English that well. So everything was, was new. I was, I was not used to the, to the fast pace, Hong Kong is so fast paced and I was not used to that. And, and yeah, the, the culture, the mentality. And so, so many times I was like, you know what, I just want to go back. And, but then, yeah, there was nothing to go back to. Right. So, and, and I think that is super essential in, 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 I think in anything where you really want to succeed. Um, I, I always believe don't take insane risks. Um, obviously, if you take these insane risks, you have mm. to be really, really sure that uh, you really want to do this. Um, you you want to kind of have like, don't take like 
the, the crazy life risk, right? But you want to make it really difficult to turn around. And, mm. uh, and, and the turning around has to be financially difficult. It has to be difficult for your ego. It has to be difficult for, 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 for your entire identity and your entire story, because then you really rather try to push through it and turn around and say, okay, you know what, I'm going to go back. And so for me, that was really, really important, especially in 2012. Um, yeah, with, with the first year that I was there. Got it. So the previous identity for you was a professional kite server, top 10 worldwide, and a, be a doctor uh, doing trauma serving in residence, and then you become a businessman. What triggered you to do this? Uh, is it uh, all about personal development or monetary uh, reason? Yeah, I want to know more about the thinking process uh, at the back of head. Oh, yeah. I think it's a couple of things. Um, the first one is you always have to be open to learning and you have to be open to develop mm. yourself further. I think that is mm. very, very, very relevant. Mm. The second thing is you have to be able to notice opportunities and you need to be able to recognize mm. opportunities that kind of fall in line with the greater goal. And again, it's the greater goal. So I give you a very concrete example. I come back from, uh, that was uh, 2004, mm. 2000, so 2003. I come back from the US in 2003. It was like mm. a long time ago. So I had to think <laughs> when was, when did I come back? Yeah, so 18 years ago, right? A really long time. So 18 years ago, I come back from the US to Austria. I just graduated in, in high school mm. and I had actually a scholarship for medicine in the US. And so everything was kind of ready for me to just spend the summer in Austria and then fly back to the US and do my college for medicine there, uh, undergraduate and then later graduate. And I'm in, in the summer in Austria and we actually go to Italy and I mm. learn about this new sport called kite surfing. Mm. The thing is, I suddenly realized I was really, really good in the sport and there was a mm. lot of great opportunities for me. But if I went back to the US, that, that would have been it, right? Um, that would have been a nice hobby. That's it. But I recognized, I, I noticed in that moment that there was a huge opportunity for me. It, it, it would be a different path, right? So it would be, I, I, I wouldn't be able to go back to the US, but mm. I would have the opportunity to become a professional athlete, travel the world for mm. like seven, eight years to come. I, I, I was in over a hundred countries. Um, I was paid to do all this. I could compete on a high professional level, do a lot of traveling, have a lot of fun. In this moment, you have to be super flexible and you have to dare to do something new and, and you have to kind of try out new things. And I think I was never scared to, to try out these new things. I always had this mindset of, okay, let me, let me try this out. Let me figure it out. What is a different way? And so mm. it's kind of like you zoom back and you're like, okay, so what is the bigger goal here? The bigger goal is not necessarily to study in the US. The bigger goal is to become a medical doctor. Okay, mm. how can I become a medical doctor while at the same time be a professional athlete? And so I realized I had to study in Austria because the, the curriculum there is way more flexible when it comes to not having to be in class all the time. Mm. And so I think that was super important, recognizing the opportunity being flexible and and I and, and that was groundbreaking for me because at the end it allowed me for years to travel and to to be to, to really kind of be open and, and have a lot of ideas so be open um, recognize opportunities 
Mm. Um, understand the actual goal in mind and, and be flexible in how you get there. I think that is so key. Don't get stuck on, don't mm. get stuck on the path. Um, mm. and understand that if you want to get there, you probably have to be a bit flexible. And, and I think that's really, that, that's really key. And, mm. and then there's another thing here. And the other thing is mm. the more things you try, the, the, the more open you are, mm. the easier it is for you to recognize opportunity. So like, let's fast forward. I fast forward from 2003 all the way to 2012. I quit working as a medical doctor and I moved to Hong Kong and I'm looking for this business opportunity, something that I can, and, and I always wanted to do something in the medical field. I wanted mm. to do any kind of startup. And, and for me, I just didn't find the right thing, but I tried anything there is, right? I tried to start my own business. I tried mm. to do online marketing. I tried to do affiliate marketing. I tried to do network marketing. I tried to do direct sales. I tried to do any kind of offline business. I tried to do a franchise. I tried mm. to build my own kind of e-commerce site. There were so many things that I tried, right? Mm. And, and so it's this trying that that's also very important. Mm. And at the end, 20 things didn't work out in 20 things. I lost money in 20 things. People said, Oh, how stupid is that? But then there's this one thing that I stumbled across, which was blockchain. And I mm. learned about blockchain and, and I wanted to have a medical business in that. And I realized again, this is not going to work. So I need to do the financial side of that, which is cryptocurrencies. And so mm. that's how in 2014, I get into cryptocurrencies. And that is why I then actually left Hong Kong and moved to Singapore because mm. Hong Kong back then for cryptocurrencies was not such a good place today. Very, very good. But today, uh, back then, Singapore was just way more advanced. So mm. I moved to Singapore and at the end, I learned all the things that I had learned in mm. the two year, two and a half years in Hong Kong kind of mm. laid the foundation for my success later on over mm. the last six, seven years in this entire mm. ecosystem. Right. And again, it, in every single aspect, I think it's being open, being willing to be a newbie again, and mm. and, and then recognizing the opportunities. Got it. Um, what I want to deconstruct is the uh, internal stuff that's going on in your head. Uh, because all of the things that you just talked about is the action that you take, the achievement you have made uh, on service. Uh, uh, say like uh, you, being open, recognize opportunities is something that uh, you have to do to, to get, it is the medium to get to the end goal in your head. But what excites you? Uh, say like, um, uh, uh, I, I love to win or I, I hate to lose. It, that, that is kind of the feeling inside you. But uh, you, often, you often say something like, I have to expand my comfort zone. I have to go do something new. But what drives you? Why do you have that intensity? The reason why I, uh, you become one of my role models at the first place when I read your book is the intensity in, in your writing is so, it is just so intense. I, you are very action-focused people, but where does that drive come from? I, I want to know about that. Um, I mean, where it comes from, I'm not 100% sure. Um, mm. I think hunger, right, is, is something that is the absolute biggest driver for any human being. Uh, mm. Some people get that hunger because they are deprived of something when they were a kid or when they were young. Some people develop that hunger because they were mistreated, they were abused. I had none of those things. I had a very nice upbringing. We had a very 
uh, functional family. I have a sister, a younger sister. I, my, my parents are still married. So it's a, it's a normal, it's an absolutely normal family. So I had none of those. Um, I was not deprived of anything. I, I was not abused. I, I didn't have that. But I think one thing that I would say that I had was we played a lot of board games uh, when we were kids, a oh. lot of board games. And we played, I mean, any kind of board game, right? Be it just chance, like with ties, strategic board games, we played tons. And I just noticed that I got extremely competitive playing those board games and I just wanted to win and I wanted to beat my mom and I wanted to beat my dad and I wanted to beat my sister and whoever played with me I wanted to beat them and mm. I don't know why I had this right this I cannot explain but mm -hmm. I still remember this intense like it was intense when I played board games right for me this was like winning or losing like this was everything and so whenever I lost, I was so angry and I, I, I just, and, and so I think that's kind of, I don't know, I, I think I translated that later on and, and, and I don't know, for me, the, the game became more, I, I put this into real life. And I think along the past, I realized that there was just a lot of people that I met, right, that had a very similar intensity to life. And many times it was those intense people that had all those things that I wanted to have. They had a lot of money. They had a lot of freedom. They had amazing families. They had uh, wonderful wives. I mean, obviously from my perspective, right? Uh, I'm, a, I'm a male, so they had wonderful wives, uh, wonderful, um, the, the life that I always kind of dreamed of, right? That I want to have. And, and we came from a very average family. We were not poor, but we definitely weren't rich, right? So obviously you look there and you realize, and, and I don't know, many times, right? When I was so intense, I always had people telling me, Julian, why are you so intense? Like, chill, like, relax. And I always noticed this was always people that didn't have any of those things that I wanted to have. They had none of that, right? So uh, it was always those people that said, relax. Why are you so intense playing? Or when, when later on when it was basketball or when, when it was kite surfing, it was always those people who, I don't want to call them losers, but it was those people that were definitely not the role models that I looked up to who mm. always said that. And whenever I had someone where I was like, wow, you know, I, that is a person I look up to, right? Either mm. because mm. that person was successful in business or I don't know, had a, was really fit, had a really good body. I was super into sports, right? And, and so being really healthy, it was always those people that said, yeah, man, you have to like 100% focus, you know, mm. yeah, like it, it, when you do any kind of sport, it's a training regime and, and you have to do this 365 days a, 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 um, a year. And it was those people I was like, okay, wow, it's such a big difference. And so I think that's until still today, right? Um, whenever I do something, I, I go full out. I, I take this super serious. And I have so many times people who are like, Julian, why do you take this so serious? Relax, chill. <laughs> and I was like, it's always those people that tell me that where mm. I really, I, I wouldn't want what they have because uh. they don't have any of those things that I want, right? And whenever uh. I look at the people that, that have the things that I would want, Mm. They're always probably at the next level, right? They, they're even more focused, more intense, right? Mm. Um, and, and I don't know. And, and that's just, I think I learned that from an early step-by-step, step, right? I don't think it was this one trigger event, but it was just like, I learned this in playing games and then it became more and it was a bit more life. And I think it's this hunger. And I think that mm. is super important. God, what do you do exactly whenever people talk to you, hey, chill, Julian, and then you just shut down your ear uh, and they 
uh, laser focus on your angle? Is that it? You're just doing the stuff that you should do. Yeah, I, I mean, there's so many people who always say you are your own worst enemy, but it's actually not true. Uh, it's actually the people around you who are your worst uh, enemy. And so I'm very picky on the people I surround myself with or that I focus my time on or that I spend time with. Um, I don't like having friends who try to put me down or I don't like friends who don't try to like to, who, who don't want me to dream or who don't want me to think big. And so I'm, I'm, I'm just really selective there. Um, when I have people who also on social media or in public or whatever, who try to talk me down, I block them. I shut them out. Um, I, just I like make that. my own reality, right? I and and again, even even if my family, right? And I have family members, not my not my my mom, my dad, or my sister, but like I have closer family members, right? There's family members that I just completely don't talk to, right? When they send me a message, I don't respond, and I know it's maybe not the right thing to do, but these are not people that I want to associate myself with, right? And that mm. I don't want to be close. And if there's a family gathering, I don't go. I just don't like that. To me, I don't know, maybe I'm, I, I don't, and, and yeah, um, I, and, and it all comes down to one thing. It comes to my own goals. It comes to, to my own dreams, right? Mm. It's my life. I live this life once as far as I understand it. So I want to make the most out of it. And I have specific goals. I want to take care of my wife, I want to take care of my son. I want to build a business. I want to mm. take care of the finances. I want to be healthy. And nothing in that is some people that are nagging or hating none they, they have the zero space right and it doesn't matter if you're a family member or if you are someone on the internet it's totally irrelevant to me um and again i think i'm just someone who has learned that let's let's take turn it around what you can achieve anything in life but the first question you always should ask yourself is what's what are the sacrifices that you are willing to make to get it, to get these things it's about the sacrifices Right. Mm. And so if I tell you, it's really about surrounding yourself with the right people. Sure. Mm. Everyone wants to do it, but are you willing to make the sacrifices, right? The sacrifices mm. are if there's people without exceptions, it, it could even be your girlfriend right now. It could be your boyfriend right now. It could be your parents. It could be whoever, right? A, a best friend. If these people mm. are toxic, you will have to make a decision. And they, these decisions are not easy right and i'm not saying the decisions are easy i'm saying they are worth it if you want to succeed in your goals and i'm just absolutely ruthless when it comes to focusing on what i really want to have what i want to have for my family what i what what i what my dreams are and nothing is going to be in that way and if someone tries to be put yourself into the way i i i just don't want to spend a single minute with such a person and yeah, it might be egotistical. It might not be the the thing that most people will do. I don't care. I <laughs> prefer to get my results, right? I mm. prefer to get my results and not mm. some of these results that other people have. Are the very classic type A people that, and also every mindset. I know that you have a role model, uh, Michael Jordan. Uh, I know that from your book. And uh, uh, when I talk about very everything, you. <laughs> if you have problem with your hand, just let go of your hand, cut it off. <laughs> you are that type of uh, biceps. And uh, we, uh, I want to ask, when 
I asked you about role model other than Michael Jordan. Is there any other people that come right at your head whenever you encounter some difficulties? Um, a, a couple. Um, I was always super fascinated by Richard Branson. Um, mm. simply because he always, to me, embodied being a successful business owner, mm. having a lot of fun in life mm -hmm. and having a wonderful family. And I always think, you know, if, if I look at, if, if I always looked at what do I like, what would I would love to have over the next, let's say I'm, I'm 35 now, let's, what would I love to have over the next 50, 60 years, right? Mm. I would love to have, I would love to leave a successful business, a legacy behind. Mm. I, obviously I want to make serious money. I would love to have a wonderful family that with kids and, and wife where I just, yeah, it's a really, really wonderful interaction. I, I would love to have a romantic relationship with my, with my wife. I want to have great friends that I have a lot of fun with. I want to be healthy and I just want to have cool adventures. Right. And I believe if, if, if I, and if I look at that, there's not many people that I think really have that in their life. I, I, I just don't think so. And, and, and from whatever, I had the chance to kite surf with Richard Branson once and oh wow. Yeah. And so every, every time I kind of think of that and, and see how he is, I mean, he's definitely not perfect and his life is definitely not perfect, but from, and, and no one's is right. But from everything that I've seen, I think he has always embodied this mm. awesome mix. I think the best. Mm. And so, um, I don't think he's the best entrepreneur. I don't think he's the best husband. I don't think he's the healthiest. I don't think he's the best investor. But I think as a whole package, it's absolutely amazing on how he has set up his life. And, 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 and I think that is probably the, from, from all the, the people, I, I think he is quite inspiring. Uh, adventurous soul that you look up to, just like yeah. you. Uh, in, term, in terms of the uh, success that you had already, uh, you just mentioned about business and then uh, the first business uh, you move to Hong Kong and then you explore uh, and you have success is the blockchain business, uh, which, which is called 10X. Can you talk about not just in terms of the, uh, for the business perspective, but also the limit? Why do you use 10X? Because I, I want to share with the audiences about the my, mindset of 10X. Um. I, yeah, I, I, again, you, you need to guide me if you want to look for, if you're looking for a specific answer, but I can share a couple of things and a couple of lessons there. Mm. Um, I learned about blockchain in 2014. Originally it was really mostly for the medical space mm. and that just didn't oh. really work out. Yeah. Mm. And then in 2015, um, there was two business partners. One was from Austria as well. The other one was Thai who said, Hey, there is this hackathon in Singapore. Um, we could go there. It was May, 2015. We could go there, pitch a couple of ideas and see mm. if this works out. And I was really not that convinced yet mm. that the financial space, the cryptocurrency space is going to be the right thing for me, but I flew to Singapore and, and I just wanted to see how this was going to go. And to my surprise, I got to know a lot of people. I was getting really convinced about the entire space and the three of us, and then there was a fourth person and, and another Austrian um, in, who, who then started uh, the company. And we did really well. I think, um, especially at the beginning, the roles were really well kind of established. Um, I was the face mm. of the company. I led the company. Um, I was the president of the company. 
I took care of the marketing and the business side. Uh, one of my co-founders took care of the tech side. The other one took care of a bit more of the product, the design side. And we were super successful, especially mm. in the first couple of years. Um, at the peak, at the end of 2018, um, the, we had about $100 million in, in cash. $100 million, right? We had about 200,000 customers. Um, we had... Uh, like we had a valuation of around half a billion dollars, insane amount of success in a very, very short time, close to a hundred employees. So things were flying. And there I completely misjudged how, when you select partners, how different interests can really destroy everything. And end of 2018, I come back from my Christmas holidays and my two partners had prepared to kick me out of the company. And Dave thought that they could run the company themselves. And for me, this was an absolute shocker because I had not expected that. I wasn't prepared for it. And for me, it was just a super difficult situation because I'd never been in something like that. And mm. yeah, and, and the sad story about this all is that they kicked me out. They kept all the money, kept uh, all the assets in the company and then ran the company into the ground and they actually had to close the company this year, which is absolutely insane. Right. Oh. So yeah, taking all the money from, from investors, um, shutting everything down in, in two and a half years. Right. And so the, the big lesson there, right. And, and for mm -hmm. me, that was the, the absolutely in, in, in insane lesson here is the, like the people you work with, if your interests, right. Long-term are not mm -hmm. aligned it is so difficult to be successful in this partnership. It's the same as in a relationship, right? If you and your partner have different interests, mm. if one partner wants kids and you don't want to have kids, sure, it may be okay for a little bit, but at some point, I mean, this is just ready to explode, right? Because one of you is going to be unhappy. Um, if, 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 if one of you wants to travel and be very free and the other one is really kind of, I prefer to be at home mm -hmm. at some point, there's going to be issues. And in our case, I just never understood. I never noticed because I was really so focused on the business. I never mm -hmm. noticed that my partners, they felt that they didn't get the same recognition that I was getting. They were super jealous. Oh. Um, they were, they felt that they should have more say and they should have more control and mm -hmm. And, and I just didn't notice that. Right. And, and mm. I was completely blind to that. And, and, and it probably was my mistake as much as it was theirs. Um, at the end oh. it was them. Yeah. Really taking all the money from the investors and running down the company to the ground, which was super sad to see. Um, mm. yeah, I mean, for me, right. A uh, big lesson here or a big learning mm. because so I had one of the main engineers from there, he's Singaporean and I obviously got to know him because he worked for us. And I took him and I said, Hey, um, why don't we start something new and, and, and let's stay in the space. And that's how we actually then started cake DeFi, a company that we started two and a half years ago. And now that company is insanely successful. Um, mm -hmm. we're now at 70 employees. We have, yeah, 200,000 customers around the world. We're, we're super cash flow positive, uh, companies probably worth around 300 million right now. And, and as so many lessons from that time, right? Um, for example, that we don't have three co-founders, we have two. Uh, so mm -hmm. it's not that two can kick someone out. So it's really, you kind of have to make it work. 
and we're self-funded. Uh, so I own 50%, he owns 50%, and so many fantastic lessons, right? And 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 at that point, I still remember when, when we had the separation. I mean, for me, this was insanely difficult and it was mm. insanely frustrating and and i was very sad and i thought man this is like everything was taken away from me but i mean now i look back and i'm like i'm so glad i'm so happy this all happened right because it allowed me to really kind of build something from scratch and and, and build something really exciting and amazing um mm. Yeah. So, so yeah, I, again, I don't know what, what are the lessons that you were looking for in, in, the, in my past company? These, these are the lessons that I kind of take away from that. Um, it's really like the partnership, the, the team, it's everything. So if you have a partner, be it in, in your personal life or in business that doesn't have the same values, that maybe has no issue with cheating you, you're going to lose. God. If you were able to do it all over again, uh, let's rewind the call to 2014, what would you do? Because to me, uh, you are not really, uh, just it is my own perception. You are not really a money guy. You, uh, I know you, you like to win, you like to make serious money, but uh, in my perception, uh, you are a relationship guy. Uh, why do I say that? Uh, I, I used to have a coffee meeting with, with you in Hong Kong, and most of what I learned from you is from your book. And uh, some of the things that about relationship I learned from you is uh, you uh, at the time I you didn't get married yet, but uh, you will work on your relationship in a very systematic approach because you care about it. You will have relationship relationship meeting uh, in a regular basis. Uh, those kind of things, and I learned from it. I uh, I used some of that uh, with my uh, uh, girlfriend at the time and my wife now, and it works really well. So uh, the the things that I want to ask is, if you were able to do it all over again, what would you do different? I would do it all the same, um, and 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 for the simple reason because I don't think I did anything wrong. What, what I did wrong, so one thing I would do different, and, and I really would do that. Um, when I was kicked out, I tried to take a lot of the blame. And I tried to um, protect the company because I was still a shareholder and, and I wanted to see that the business is doing well. And I just didn't understand at that point that their intent was not to kick me out and then do the business. Their intent was kick Julian out, take all the money, run the company into the ground and keep as much for themselves. Right. And I didn't understand that at that moment. Um, so my biggest mistake there was I should have been way clearer communicating with the press, with investors and say, Hey, look, these guys kicked me out. They're going to take your money. They're going to run the company to the ground. You need to push for some legal action um, because their intentions are not good. And mm. I, but again, I probably was naive. I was shocked. I was scared. And I should have done that way earlier. Um, that is probably the biggest lesson. Um, I would have not done anything different because um, prior to that, I think it's a lesson that I needed to do, right? It, it, the lesson of having a sour partnership, it was an important lesson. Um, it's, it's you look for different things, right? It's, it's the same as if, if you never have a, 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 a if, if you're marrying the, your very first relationship, I'm not saying that it's 
it's bad. I'm just saying you maybe not have all the experience, right? You maybe have not seen a relationship go sour. You maybe haven't seen, um, yeah, you, you maybe have never had heartbreak, you know, and, and, and these are things that are absolutely essential for you as a person, right? And they're going to help you later on in other relationships. So it's yeah. the same thing to me. So of course, would I have loved that we would have built the company to a billion dollars and had a super successful exit? Sure. But I don't think I was mature enough and I don't think I deserved it at that point. So I wouldn't do anything different um, at that point. I would have done it when I was kicked out and I should have been way better at the communication. So what are you up to right now in the crypto space and the fintech space uh, after 10x? Um, yeah, so we have a company called Cake DeFi. We help people on get onboarded into the crypto space in a simple, safe manner. And then we help them invest in cryptocurrencies and get cash flow from these cryptocurrencies. And we're a big believer in that because we believe when people get cash flow from their investment, it's way easier than not getting cash flow from your investments. And so we built a platform specifically for that, cakedefi.com. Um, I have a Singaporean founder, uh, co-founder, his name is uh, Yuzen, and now we have about 70 employees. We, we have about 200,000 customers. They have about a billion dollars with us now. So absolutely insane growth over the last two and a half years. Um, because we make it so simple for customers to onboard and then it's so attractive for them. And uh, yeah, I'm based in Singapore. I have a, a eight months old son, so that's absolutely crazy and obviously brings a whole new dimension to your life. So very, very exciting. And uh, yeah, that's kind of the the entire setup um, that we have here. Oh man, you, you really execute, engineer your life uh, into your brand. I remember that you in your book, you said something like, uh, you want to have kid or build a family at 35 year old, right? Yeah. <laughs> you actually yeah, but that, man. I, I, I think a lot of things, right? So I, and I think a lot of things in life really, you, you cannot engineer everything and you cannot plan everything. But I think if you, and I talk about that a lot, if you actually write your goals down and your dreams down and you write down what you want to have and where you want to get to and, and all the crazy things you want to have. I think when you do that, it opens up everything and, and suddenly your mind gets focused and triggered totally differently. And so I think that has just always been a, a, a big success for me in, in my life that I kind of think about it. What do I really want? And I write those dreams and goals and ideas down. And I'm not too fixated how to get there or if it happens a year earlier, a year later. Mm. But in general, like the things that I kind of dream and write down and, and, and kind of focus on. Yeah, I, I mean, I need to invest a lot of time and effort into it. But mm. I mean, yeah, somehow you similarly get to those places. So I'm a big believer in that. God, I have to say the code that you write in your book, okay? how your semen is more and unimportant decision have a huge and often unexpected impact on your life. Oh man, <laughs> the reason why I want you to on my show so bad is uh, uh, I want to, I want people to look into you, Julian, uh, in a very deep down way uh, in the internal side of you, because the achievement you have made, it is crazy. You are a professor of Kai server, you are making good money, 
as a uh, kite surfer, traveling around all the world and then becoming a doctor uh, and then uh, building a successful uh, fintech company, even though you, you, you have a failure and then you learn from it and then you quickly stand back up. But what I want the audience to learn from you is about personal development. This is the last, last aspect that I want to ask you about. Uh, what is I unlimited? Because it is, I, I know that it is about personal development. It is also about crypto, crypto fits. Uh, it is uh, a business with one uh, with office in Wan Chai at Hong Kong. What it, what is that all about? So we started that uh, company in 2012 um, mm. when I moved to Hong Kong. Uh, it, it got renamed. So at the beginning, it was um, I think it was just called. Um, I, and then actually, I think we had the ending unlimited, um, because it was an unlimited, uh, company. Um, then there was some legal issues with that. So then we had to rename it and, uh, uh. yeah. So, it, and then it was for some time, it was called Julian Hosp coaching, uh, because it, it, it was easier for the, for taxes and so on. Um, but the, the, the brand or the, the theme was always this concept of you as a person, you are unlimited. So I unlimited. But also that you have unlimited risk, right? And I always believe both ways. And, and so mm -hmm. you have unlimited potential, but you have unlimited risk, right? And so that, that company was always focused around personal development. Um, mm -hmm. When I moved to Singapore, that company transitioned way more into crypto. So we did a lot of crypto education. Uh, we published uh, various books under I Unlimited. We had um, a, a lot of, we, we did events and courses. Um, yeah. And, and we did that for quite some time. Um, now that cake DeFi is just so successful and we have so much work there, Unlimited has really kind of, it's still there and I'm probably going to keep it for the rest of my life. Cause it's like mm. so important. It was, it's such an important kind of step for me, but mm. at the moment we are not really doing much with the company, mm. um, just because there's just no time. It's just there. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's a very, for me, it has a lot of sentimental value, uh, mm. more than anything else right now. Uh, mm. the websites, I mean, all these things, we, we, we keep them up. They're not really serviced. So I'm sure a lot of these things are completely outdated on there. Um, yeah, but who knows, right? Maybe in 10 years, maybe I, I don't know, I, I, try, mm. I, I pivot, I figure out something for, for, mm. for my life, um, mm. and I'll pick it up again. But uh, mm. yeah, so this was the the entire kind of uh, idea mm. there, and, and and the entire kind of uh, rundown. Yeah, got it. Beautiful. That's exactly the the answer I'm seeking because uh, I always look up to people that, especially in personal development, uh, they just maybe one ahead, one step or few a number of steps ahead of me, and then they are doing the things that I want to do. They achieve it, and they they mean what they said, and they walk. Involved. You're exactly like that. Like in 2014, I was just coming out of the general assembly, coded bootcamp. But you were doing yeah. uh, blockchain at the time, and then you are a successful founder right now. But the reason why I asked you about the I Unlimited is the, that is the personal things that inside of you to drive all that. Uh, sure. external ach achievement you, that you have. So thank you very much uh, for being on the show, uh, Julian. Uh, I really appreciate uh, your appearance. Hey, I really appreciate it. Uh, thank you so much. Yep. So uh, for the audiences, uh, until next time.